100 years ago, Amilta was changed forever in the cataclysm. The melting mountains swallowed the interior and turned the highlands of Rimehold into tundra. Off the coast of Rimehold, the sediment did what sediment does and conjured a labyrinth of ship-destroying shoals. The very shoals that the Westbreaker must now navigate. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, Kane Cat, and I'm here to be in charge again. Mm-hmm. It's been some time. It's been some time. With me, of course, we have Kathleen. Hello. Of course, we have Kirsten. Hi. And of course, we have Nick. Hi. Of course. Of course. How's everybody doing? You know, keeping on, keeping on. Of course. <laughs> of course. I'm not doing too bad. Alrighty. Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party left Frangad on their way to the north, further north than Frangad, much to several party members' dismay. And we are aboard the Westbreaker. Daylight has just arrived on the scene after a long, cold night. The sun has backlit the clouds and only kind of hints at its presence. The sea is gray and cold as far as the eye can see. And the gray clouds overhead are letting loose a delicate flurry of tiny snowflakes that whirl around the Westbreaker as it moves through the water. So who's typically up at daybreak? Cobb would definitely be up. He is probably trying to get stuff done on the deck. Mostly trying to keep warm by physical activity, that sort of thing. Polly would probably be up, you know, stretching about, eating some of the hay that's provided. And Penelope would not be up yet. I've been thinking about this recently. What is the shift like at night? Do we pull the sails down and anchor over the course of night? Do we keep it moving at the same clip or a slow clip? What's that staffing situation like? You got to keep going. Ships don't actually move that fast. If you don't move at night, you're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, although the pace has been reduced at night lately as you've been coming up the western coast just because travel in these parts can be dangerous without full visibility. Are we in the territory of, like, icebergs and things like that? We're coming up on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, not there just yet, but on our way. Mm -hmm. So I guess Tissa will be up this time. All right. I'll say Penelope doesn't mind taking some of the later shifts because since she and Polly can... You know, they can kind of fly around a little bit, get a, bit, a little bit better visibility that way. She doesn't mind taking some of the later shifts. Marcus is at the wheel. He's got something steaming in a mug in his hand. And he looks up at the sky and doesn't really seem to react to it much except for just a, a very, very slight sigh. Clara is nowhere to be seen and cannot be roused, will not be roused. I think Sod is up. Bundled up in several coats, he has never been anywhere this cold. He has never seen snow in his little life. 
He must be so excited. It's kind of he's he's not. <laughs> Both him and Marcus are just kind of sighing at the snowflakes. No, no, he's actually he's sticking very close to Cobb. He's he's trying to help Cobb out. Oh. He's uh he's extremely wary of the cold weather. He's never been anywhere this cold. Cobb is also not a cold weather kind of person, as is pretty obvious by the fact that he doesn't usually wear a lot of shirts and or jackets, let's say. Yeah, he doesn't like shirts. If the shirt doesn't open to, like, slightly above his belly button, he probably doesn't want to wear it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's our cob. Does he, like, layer it so that the open shirt is at least on top when he has to wear other layers? I think when he does have to wear other layers, he will try to be very stubborn before he has to. Okay. Not so much a V-neck as much as a (laughs) V-torso. Very much so. I like that a great deal. And uh, Sock kind of, he's, he's rubbing his arms and he looks up at you and he says, so this is the, this is the far north, right? Mm, I'm going to be real with you. No, Sot, no, it isn't. <laughs> so, uh, it's snowing. It is pretty far north, though, but you'll know it when we get there. Great. Oh, poor Sot. It's starting to look sharp and thick. Marcus nods at this. I think like he's this makes sense to him. Sot kind of blinks at you, but that's blinks at you, looks at Cobb. Tissa looks at Cobb. Tissa just sort of like moves onward. <laughs> Maybe climbs up to see if she can see anything. Cobb leans over to Sot and just kind of says. It's probably a good idea if you go get some coffee or toddy or something from the mess. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a good idea. You want anything? Coffee would be wonderful, thank you. Yes, sir. He scampers on down to the mess to go get some hot drinks. One edge success on sensitivity survival. Is there anything to see? I'm trying to think of a good edge success for sensitivity survival right now. Hmm. You know what? It's um, right now. There's nothing I'm actively trying to hide from you right now. Mm-hmm. So right now, the the ocean looks clear. Okay. It's gray and hard and irony, and if you really focus, you can see your breath. Mm-hmm. But right now, things are clear. The coastline, the forest has given way to pine barrens. Ah great stretches of distinguished gray pine trees. They seem to give each other a wide berth, and the ground beneath them is clear and dead and barren. Even the dead trees are given some measure of respect by the other ones and exist in their own defined spaces. You're approaching the tundra. You said it's like daybreak right now? eventually hear, ah, what the hell is this? From the cabins, a man with spectacles and three jackets has emerged. I imagine it's more of like what looks to be a monster made out of three jackets with a pair of spectacles (laughs) somewhere on it. Yeah. Two mugs, both steaming, both for him. Nice. Good. (laughs) What is this? I think Penelope feels his double mug energy and she 
kind of rolls over and fumbles out of her bed and heads towards the mess hall for a coffee, grabs the biggest mug available and, and fills it up. Groggily kind of stumbles onto the deck, wrapped in several blankets. <laughs> Marcus sighs and shakes his head. <sighs> Morning. It's going to get worse from here, you know. Oh, come on. <sighs> come on. Don't, don't say that. Tissa comes <sighs> down and interrupts and is like, it's like there are places at the edge of the veld that are like this, only shorter and clearer. And Marcus nods. Exactly. Mm. This isn't unprecedented. Snow happens. It doesn't happen to me, though. It's not supposed to happen to me. What is supposed to happen to you? I don't know. Mm. You wanted this, remember? You know, you know what would be kind of cool? Um, when I was up for the watch last night, I wasn't sure if it was clouds lit in a certain way or if it was actually the Northern Lights. Never seen them before, but I think it might have been them. They like, they shift, right? Kind of. And Marcus nods. What color are they supposed to be? Mm, normally, they can be just about any color, but green is the most common. Oh, okay. I think, I think I did see some. I think I did see some faint ones, but it's hard to tell. I don't know. That is something that's pretty cool about about being up here. I guess cool is the optimum word. She kind of shivers and pulls the blanket tighter. Marcus just shakes his head again. Just, well, welcome to my home. It is a beautiful day. It is. It makes me feel like you know when you read a poem or something and it makes you super reflective about life and you feel like you're just gonna like sit and look out a window and just think about things? That's how it feels like up here right now. You know? Yeah, Marcus nods like, yeah, absolutely, yes. Like, he's completely on board with what you're saying. <laughs> Caldas is not. <laughs> You know, Caldus, if you can convince our engineer to let you stay in the boiler room, it's probably much warmer down there. Uh, Mr. Cobb, I can convince anyone of anything. That's a good idea. <laughs> yes. She's going to make you do work. She's going to make you... No, there he goes. <laughs> uh, maybe a little engine room work will be good for him. I tried that once, and the boiler almost fell on us. Mm. Well, we can't all be good at everything. Mm. Sot kind of appears underfoot. Your coffee, sir? Ah, thank you very much, Mr. Sot. Ah, wonderful. And Cobb rubs his hands a little bit uh, to warm them up before grabbing the mug and uh, taking a sip. Good morning, Sot. Good morning. Um, yeah, I can't work in the engines because then you fall off the boat. That did happen that one time, didn't it? Well, I don't blame you. That happens out here sometimes. Don't worry about it. Oh, I work in the engine room all the time. No, no, no. Well, she says it's because I have tiny hands. I can reach stuff. It's it's okay because when you work in the engine room, no one falls off the boat so far. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense? Captain, does that make sense? That makes sense. 
That makes sense. Makes sense. Hey, um, I think I'm going to take a quick fly around and see if there's anything to see around our boat. Uh, Sot, you want to join me? Yeah. Bundle up tight. It's Each day it's getting colder and the wind gets pretty chilly up there. All right, I can do it, yeah. All right. So Penelope's going to roll a... Would that be like a sensitivity riding? No, no, no. I guess it'd just be sensitivity survival to kind of like look at the water and take a look at what's around. Okay, yeah. Oh, actually two successes. Nice. You could tell that the water in this area is deep and clear. It's as gray as the sky is and certainly doesn't look very welcoming. But the ship is in no danger. Good. And you were saying the coastline has kind of turned more edge of boreal into tundra? Exactly. We are approaching the tundra now. Keep your eye out, Mr. Sot. We're, uh, we'll take a quick sweep and see what's around. I ma'am. Um, do you take trips like this often? To the north, you mean? Oh, no, I mean, I, I can't the GM. I'm asking you if you make sorties out on Polly regularly during the day. Um, yeah, I'd say a few times a day, uh, take a look around. And then when it's my turn on watch, probably more frequent. Um, yeah, I'd say at least a few times a day. Okay. So this is a really good scene transition then, because this time you don't see anything. And the next couple times you don't see anything. But just before sunset, just after dinner, you see them. It looks like shining pale blue blotches in the sea, shallow spots, a long network of sandy shoals. Hmm. Penelope lands back down. Who's manning the, uh, the wheel at the moment? That's a good question. Cobb drive boat? Yeah, Cobb probably takes a shift at the wheel. Okay. I, um, I spied some, it looks like some shallow sandbars, um, out that way. Penelope kind of points. She doesn't really know navigation speak, but, uh, it was just kind of, as I could see on the horizon. Yeah, in that direction. Hmm. And uh, Cobb will sort of check the course chart and just sort of double check that uh, if they are going to run into this sort of area of shallows, that they're going to need to get a little more, um, a little more active with with navigation here instead of just kind of letting the wind take us. Yep, yep, yep. So the sun is going down. The wind is picking up. The snow has not let up. Hasn't got any heavier, but there are still flurries surrounding the Westbreaker. From bow of the Westbreaker, it's difficult to see all the way to the shoals, but they are there. So now my question is, what is everybody doing to make sure that the Westbreaker makes it through this safely? Um, Penelope will continue to take to the air so that she can kind of you know, give signals if it seems like something's coming up close or whatever. I guess she doesn't know, what's it called, pinafore or whatever that, the, with the, the flags and stuff. Semaphore? Semaphore, yes. Thank you. But she worked out a couple different, like, hand signals to Cobb, like, oh, if there's something dangerous coming up, this is, like, stop signal. This is a, you need to go starboard. This is a, you need to go port kind of thing. 
This is slow. Yeah, so she's kind of worked out a couple general hand signals. Okay. So, my question is, what are you ruling for this? Uh, I guess it's be an adaptability. Adaptability survival? To create, like, a on-the-fly signaling thing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I kind of want to say adaptability language, but I'm not sure you have language. I don't. I know. I was looking. I used to have language, uh, but when my character Do you have changed, humanity? And I was like, adaptability language? I was like, oh, no, I don't have that. Or, alternatively, I was thinking... Do you have humanity? Yeah. Adaptability, adaptability humanity. humanity. Come on, good roll. Eey. One edge success. Okay. Oh. You know what? I'm going to lift the curtain a little bit here. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be keeping a tally of the party's total successes. And I need you to work together to reach a certain threshold. Okay. If you keep the edge success, I won't let anyone else keep edge successes. Ooh. There's no wiggle room. You know what? I'm not going to take that chance. She attempts to give signals and things, but I guess maybe it's too dark to make the signals work or things like that, and just it's not running like she was hoping. She flies by, she waves her arms at you, and you have no idea what she means, Cub. We'll say that that was the snow flurries are making it hard to see anything. Yeah. That's what we'll say. (laughs) Tissa, I need my... Ace Navigator up in the crow's nest here, and uh, Cobb tosses his spyglass to Tissa. Um, Tissa has just come up from the map room, probably, seeing if she could divine anything from the coast and got one success on understanding navigation. Okay. It's good, because a certain percentage of these need to be navigation successes. Ah. Good. Um, Marcus has also rolled understanding navigation. And so kind of Tissa and Marcus are pouring over the map. The map is very detailed when it comes to the West Coast. Marcus has been up and down the West Coast before, so. As Tissa heads up to the crow's nest, uh, she relates to Cobb that there's a big current that is going to be real hard to mess through if we get too far away from the shore. So we're going to have to navigate all of the shoals, and that, uh, this might be hard, but there is a little space if we stay careful. Cobb is trying very hard not to show how excited he is. (laughs) 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 Okay. Okay. All right. So Penelope lands back down because she eventually realizes that it's not working. But she has another plan. Oh, no. Instead of hand signals, some kind of light and using it almost like a Morse code. Ah. That's even more complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Karsten. Cobb is just going to mention, it's like, Penelope, these are very good ideas. Do you know any of the signaling languages? Uh, uh, no. I, no, I don't. T- t- tell you what. And Cobb is going to go get his lantern. Um, well, Cobb's personal lantern's probably not bright enough, but 
if we can't find a good one, maybe go down and knock on the boiler room and see if uh, our engineer has a brighter lantern. Wait, 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 wait. We, I, I can help, I can help. What are the spell pieces? The spell pieces here are swift, cold, numb, star, journey, and hunt. Alternatively, Penelope could give a lift to someone who does know some signaling languages. Tissa is thinking about casting Speaking Star on a lantern. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Sort of metaphorical, because we want it to flicker the way that, like, a pulsar would. Like you're making a point of light that's capable of communicating to people. It's a speaking star. Exactly, yeah. No, I get that. I get that a lot. That's good. I'm going to ask, I think, for two scatter. Great. Um, Are you intending to add successes to everybody's pool with this? If that's the way that you would like it to work mechanically, sure. Okay, then I guess um, two scatter for two successes. Great. Yeah. Oh, that's that's no, that's way too cheap. <laughs> two scatter per success. <laughs> two scatter and a success is much fairer. Yeah. But yeah, okay, we'll do it that way. Okay. So now Penelope has a magic communications lantern. Thanks, Tissa. And Tissa is going to use sensitivity, survival, plus empathy to see how well she can follow what or human would humanity better be better than survival i mean language is best if you've got it my next question is does Cobb know Cobb is sailor like Cobb knows sailing languages of some sort but i did we never really came up with a what skill all of his sailing falls under i mean if you say that like Cobb understands just like lantern signals or flag signals then I mean, it's in his background. He's a sailor. Yeah, he would know lantern and flag signals. Maybe not a ton because he doesn't have language, but he would know enough. Okay. So you can understand that the lantern is basically saying what Penelope is saying. All right. That works. Did that work? Cobb is kind of watching the lantern. I'm a little rusty, but I can make it out. I think we'll be good. Okay. So... That leaves one party member who has not done any rollsies. I believe it's time for the big man to roll dice. What skill drives the ship? Because Cobb is going to be using daring ship driving. Either survival or navigation. Okay, I have both of those, so one success, one edge success. One success will do the trick. Between Penelope keeping a lookout, Tissa up in the crow's nest, Marcus in the map room, and Cobb at the wheel. The Westbreaker is able to navigate the shoals for the first night. And then eventually Marcus emerges from the map room to take over at the wheel from Cobb so that Cobb can get some rest. It's been a while since I've had to do anything that intense out here. Cobb kind of like stretches and, you know, rolls one of his shoulders. Feels good. Surely you haven't forgotten how. Less that I've forgotten and it's more just, it's, uh, it's like coming home. Anyways, I'm going to go get some rum. Go get some rum, Mr. Cobbler. You've earned it. That... That current goes the whole way. Mm-hmm. Why does it want... No, oh, I'm just thinking about something that the other Archknight said. Hmm? What's bothering you, Tissa? 
It's like we're not supposed to go north. Hmm. Well... Not everything that is supposed to happen, happens. Mm. Not everything that happens is supposed to happen. Yeah. People and things like to do what they're not supposed to. But you could hear all about that from Mr. Cobbler if you tried. <laughs> <clears throat> I suppose he does do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. When I was young, they said that this is the breath of the ocean. Mm. That's why it moves the way it does. Because it is alive and breathing. Now that... That makes sense. Hmm. I always thought so. When Penelope gets back and lands on the boat, she is going to add um, the currents to the map. Like, almost a little bit. Oh, the currents are on the map. Oh, they already are? Okay, then. Oh, yeah. There's actually a lot of detail in this particular portion of the map. What about you, Miss Hunter? Have you been learning about the ocean? Uh, yes. I'm learning that it's sort of like an open prairie that you can drown in. Hmm. <laughs> at, at, at the one hand, it's very open, but the openness almost can at times feel claustrophobic. If that makes sense. Hmm. If, if you let it get like that, you have to kind of have something to keep your bearings on. Yes, I suppose so. So, the rest of the night moves uneventfully. And then daybreak happens on the West Breaker again. There are flurries of snow dancing around the bridge. The sky is still cold, still gray. The ocean is just as cold and just as gray. But now... It is dotted by long streaks of pale blue. Sandbars hidden just beneath the surface. The shallower water seems to glitter when the sunlight breaks through the clouds. Cobb is rubbing his hands together and, and uh, trying to warm up a little bit. Oh, only been this far north the once. Uh, can't say that I missed it. Oh? I oh, thought you liked a challenge. I like the challenge. I don't like... The cold. <laughs> who who does who is who does like the cold in, in the in the crew? Marcus just kind of slowly raises his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that that's true. That's true. I don't think Clara minds it. Well, Clara also hasn't left the boiler room in like a day and a half. Well, other than to get food. <laughs> Caldis comes out in his many jackets with his double-fisted coffees. There you are. You've been out here all night? Yes. Marcus kind of points to the wheel, like, driving boat. It's still snowing? I have a feeling that it's going to be snowing for a while yet. Tessa, be honest with me. Is it going to keep snowing? Um, two successes on understanding survival. Um, some of it isn't snowing here. It's actually being blown all the way from the shore. Ah. So this isn't even snow yet. Well, that is to the... That is to the west. Cool. 
Great. Also, that isn't snow is all of this shallow. This is sandy as it's been for a really long time. Hmm. They say that when the mountains melted, they made it all the way out the shore. These little shoals are pieces of the ancient Cloudcomb Mountains, is what they say. I suppose they would have had to go somewhere. Mm. If, if only there was a way to, to look at them, that would be really cool. Well, that would require getting in the water and not something you want to do up here for very long, if at all. Yeah. I cannot recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't see that being a pleasant time. No, the, wa- the water up here is still water, but it is colder than ice. It keeps getting thicker. Mm-hmm. The ice is coming soon, right? Yes. Should be by tonight. Heldus kind of sidles up next to Marcus and takes his arm and gives him one of the mugs. Great. I love ice. It's going to be great. Haha. <laughs> cool. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And my notes just say three sentences. Night falls. It's still snowing. Now there's ice. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) Penelope is out for one of her rides around the West Breaker when she spots it. A great white island. Not very large. Maybe just large enough to fit a stable on. The edges are turned upward like a lily pad from having run into who knows what. It is a nice flow. The first of many that the Westbreaker will encounter. An, an island of ice? Yeah. Oh. Um, Penelope, again, signals, or as soon as she sees it, she gives the location so that it can be avoided. Do I still... What was... It was, um... The speaking lantern, does that have to be activated every night? Um, I'm gonna say yes, but I am gonna say that these spell pieces haven't changed, so... Okay. Great, we'll put it back up then. Okay. So that's one success for tonight. One success, by the way, Kathleen? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that when Penelope gets back with this... Tissa is slightly alarmed and needs to make a sensitivity humanity to see if an ice flow was described or an iceberg was described, given that Tissa doesn't really understand either. Okay. And Penelope probably doesn't understand the difference either. (laughs) A success. One success from Tissa. I'm going to ask for... Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask for sensitivity survival from Penelope. Okay. Penelope's great at sensitivity. So great. <laughs> Just did Is Penelope noticing and describing the things that would let Tissa know what this is? Yeah. She's trying to describe it as accurately as possible. Okay. Oh, that is the most interesting. Three edge successes. <laughs> All edge successes. Wow. Okay. Oh, no, the three-eyed snake. Yeah. Yep, yep. 
don't know. Um, let's see. If you keep the edge successes, you will successfully communicate this to Tissa, but neither of you will be allowed to use this role to contribute to the party's navigation. Hmm. Actually, um, Penelope has an idea. Okay. Don't like that. Carry on. <laughs> Let's see. So, mm, no, I don't know if any of these... Will... My thought was to, like, use something called, like, restoring cold or whatever and create almost a mini version of the iceberg or things she saw in, like, a mini little diorama of ice. Okay. That's a bit of a stretch, but okay. <laughs> I like it. Penelope goes, it looked like this, and kind of magics up a disc of ice. Yes. Mm. Three scat three or four scatter? Um, I'm gonna let's see. I would have asked for two successes for this, just because you don't know much about northern climates. So two scatter? Alright, sounds good. Just because you rolled them. So yeah, Penelope conjures up a disc. Given that Penelope is looking at it from the air, and that's kind of the, the easiest way to tell how big icebergs are, mm -hmm. um, you can see that this is a flat disc. This is surface ice. Tissa breathes a sigh of relief and is going to scatter two into her assist pool to use clarity and say, if we're careful... On this set, on the starboard, we won't have to break through this one. Okay. All right. Oh, pardon. My next question is, can I get some rolls? Clarity, by the way, is absolutely correct, because that's how clarity works. I can scatter two into Tissa's assist pool, and Tissa can say a thing, and it will be more or less correct. And that is one success and one edge on adaptability navigation. You know what? I'm going to count that as two successes just because of the clarity you just used. Cool. I think ordinarily an edge success would be some uncertainty, but you don't have uncertainty about this right now. Mm -hmm. That was navigation, right? Yes. Okay. That means I have two navigation successes of the three I need. Okay. And I need six successes total. Well, Cobb is at the wheel again, so he's got his uh, he's got his roll to do. So Cobb got two successes and one edge success. All right. If you keep the edge success, um, let me think here. What's a good edge success condition for this. Uh, um, we find a whirl or an eddy or a weird current, and it takes us longer. I'm not sure. I'm... That doesn't really work with your mechanics. You know what? If you keep the edge success, that will be enough to fill out our successes. Good job, everybody. But I will be mean. I think we can handle it. I will. I will be mean. Okay. You're keeping the edge success? I am keeping the edge success. All right. So... The sun sets over the Westbreaker, slowly. 
tinging the clouds purple and pink and reflecting in the cold ocean. The Westbreaker glides around the edge of a large floating ice flow, just close enough to one of the shoals to stay clear of the ice. Not close enough to scrape it, not yet. And as you pass the ice flow, Tissa gets a feeling and Penelope catches a glimpse of something dark moving aboard it. Oh. Cobb doesn't notice it until suddenly it moves and rams the hull of the Westbreaker. And that is, I believe, where we're going to end off this week. Oh, no. A cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Oh, no. Oh, no. Can Penelope do one last thing before we end the scene? What is it? Is it bad? She wants to roll a discovery roll. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, a adaptability for something useful. Okay. Roll me adaptability. Eh, she got nothing. <laughs> she got nothing? Got nothing. She looked around, she tried, but... You know what? Here's what I'm going to tell you. You're coming up on the Pine Barrens. Here's a fun thing about pine. It's so flammable. Ooh. It's full of resin. Fire. Yeah. It's unfathomably flammable. Also one of the reasons why you don't cook with it. Yeah, don't cook with it. It's full of resin. But do turn it into like torches and shit. Because mm. it's very flammable. Yes. That's something useful that you've discovered. Ooh. Yeah, Penelope says to herself, ooh, fire. And then the ship gets slammed and she like falls off of her feet or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now... It's memory time. Hooray, memories. And now it's memory time. Hooray. Hooray. I love memory time. All right. Feed me your memories. Um, so again, I think my favorite, I kind of have two, um, but they're sort of connected. Marcus interacting with, uh, with Cultus and um, Marcus and Tissa interactions as well. I always enjoy those. Yeah. BFFs. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the cliffhanger. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to know what it is. Well, I've been wondering that ever since we got the word hunt. And I was like, well, okay then. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Here's what I love about playing with Kathleen. Kathleen gets me. (laughs) (laughs) that's, That's a good catch. I... To the point where I can't make tiny, tiny nods toward what I'm doing. Kathleen gets me. (laughs) I just wrote it down and was like, okay, hunt. Sure, sure. I didn't. It's a a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's on to your tricks, Jim. (laughs) She's on to my tricks. (laughs) I liked this one because... It felt like everyone is trying to be calculating with their skills and their roles. 
Yeah. I liked watching you guys work together to get the Westbreaker through this. I enjoyed that a great deal. I agree. Yeah, I think it's been a while since we've done, like, we've had sort of a battling through nature as a crew together. So it was a really nice part of the journey. Yeah, no, it's it's been a little while since we've had a big, like, a big team-up moment like this. So, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I dug that a great deal. But you, listener, did you dig that? If you dig that or if you dig anything that we've done, let us know. Use the web form on peachgardengames.com or hit us up on Twitter at peachgardenrpgs. Give us your memories because we need them for fuel. Yes, let us know what you think about snow and the cold. Yeah. Are you fine with it? Do you love it? Spoilers, Nick loves it, even though Cobb doesn't. Do yes. you enjoy slamming yourself into big ironclad ships? Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Share your experiences slamming yourself headfirst into ironclad ships with us. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thanks so much, listener. We will see you next time. Or I guess you will hear us next time. Yes. Yeah. Talk to you next time, listener. And we will be able to discover the cliffhanger. Bye-bye.